Good evening and welcome back to Everyday Man of God. I am Stephen LeBlanc Sr. And I am thankful and grateful that I have the opportunity to speak this evening. So often we forget that we are blessed with the ability to open our mouths. Some don't have the opportunity to do so. And for that I am thankful and grateful. And I'm also thankful for you for taking your time to listen to me this evening. As you can see by the title of the program, we are going to be talking about fellowship. Fellowship is an interesting thing. I think people have heard over the years, you should not forsake fellowship with others. Now, if you're a King James Bible-believing person and you know the King James, you know what they're referencing. And they're actually referencing Hebrews. But I'm going to get there in a moment. So oftentimes over the years, you've seen the secular world... Uh, accuse the religious world of not being on the same page. And they are correct in the sense that the people who profess to be religious, I keep on saying that with an emphasis because um, it's quite the dirty word. See, fellowship has taken on an interesting concept, an interesting approach you have two sides. I have been on the Babel building side of things, and I've been on the anti-Babel building side of things in my uh, long tenure of living. And I find that both sides, interestingly enough, I will be writing um, a book about this. Um, it's quite the endeavor, along with a Christmas book and another book. When I say Christmas book, it isn't because I'm going to be telling you how beautiful Christmas is. No, I'm not going to be telling you that at all. But we have two sides. We have the anti-Babel building folks who say, you're not supposed to go into church and fellowship with other people that aren't the same believers. So they just stay away from all type of fellowship. I'll fellowship online, or I'll fellowship through Zoom, or... or um, uh, whatever different means it could be, YouTube, Rumble, all these things, this is their idea of fellowship. Well, they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. And then you have the Babel building, those who go to the church buildings, who will say, you have to be in fellowship every week. You have to be there on Sunday. You have to be there on Wednesday. You have to be there on Friday, Saturday, whatever day they decided that you have to be there 100% of the time. But I was sick. It doesn't matter. You show up anyways. Well, they got it wrong, too. You know, talking to both sides through my years, I have seen that they both have this very staunch... Position of solidifying themselves as opposition when actually they have more things. Well, again, King James folks have more in common than they actually think they do. Some get twisted up though in traditions, and some only think they have to follow along with traditions. And then there are other people who say, I'm flying by my own way. I'm going to be a rogue Christian. I'm going to be a maverick Christian. And those maverick Christians and those rogue Christians are created by the hypocrisy of the people in the church buildings who, who have let tradition interfere with what they know to be right. But it's a building and we need to go there. See, both sides 
have good points. And both sides are correct. And both sides are wrong. So you hear this phrase, do not forsake the fellowship of others. Well, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says in your King James Bible, and if you have it, please open up. If not, please purchase one. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is but exhorting one another in so much the more as ye see the day approaching. They get the assembling to get the part to get mixed up with the fellowshipping with each other. Yes, if you assemble, you can be in fellowship at the same time. The word assembling really just means a coming together. You're collecting into one place where two or, two or more or three are gathered. You are in a place. Now, there's no number other than Matthew that I just quoted or paraphrased. In, there is no numbers put to assembling. Man put a number together. And so the Babel, uh, sorry, the anti-Babel building people are correct. When they say, it doesn't say you have to have 20, 30 people. Absolutely correct. You cannot call them a liar. If you're a New Testament church, there's no number. Not, let's not talk about the 3,000, the 5,000, all that. Well, that's not what we're talking about here. So when I say that, that they are correct and no number, they get the incorrect because they don't actually physically get together. And some will argue, well, not all of us can get together. I guarantee you that you can find one person. If you try real hard, one person in a 100-mile radius that you could possibly get together with once in a while. Especially if you're in the big cities, you might have a shot at that. In 2 Corinthians, you know, so we go to the uh, churches, I'll get 2 Corinthians in a moment. We go to the church buildings. Why are we in those church buildings? Why are we having fellowship? And here's where they do have it right, the anti-Babel building, folks. They are correct. You're in there along with sinners. They're absolutely correct. And then someone will say, well, where are the sinners going to go? Got a point there, too. See, they always want to take these opposite sides, but they don't want to come together. And I don't mean, oh, let's just come together and get along to be along. That's not what I'm talking about. Understand what the Bible says. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Question mark. And what communion hath light with darkness? Question mark. Now, a lot of people use this verse for marriage, and it can absolutely be used for marriage. Well, they're unequally yoked. But some people, even at that point, miss the point there. They only use it as, well, you're unequally yoked. If you're married to an unsaved person, well, were you saved? And then married an unsaved person? 
Were you both unsaved and married each other, then one of you became saved. A lot of people just want to start making accusations. Any man who has been married once should never, I should say more than once, because you know I don't care if it's one hour, one day, one week, one year. doesn't matter. Well, I had it annulled after 10 minutes. I don't care. You were married. So you are a sinner. Well, what if a child is born? And this has to be careful. I'm going a little off here. I promise to get back into this. If you are married, unequally yoked with a man or a woman who is unmarried, I mean unmarried, unsaved, once saved, unsaved, you have a child, then you call that child a bastard child. That person's a sin. Now be careful when you say that because you, the person saying it, could actually be a bastard child yourself. Well, that's just for unmarried. It should be. But some will say unbelievers. Well, if your parents weren't saved, and one or one was, and one wasn't, or they were pretending to be in church, well, then you're a bastard child. So how could you possibly tell someone else not to be in some sort of situation of the same. We get fair. So those who like to cast these aspersions and start accusing things, you might want to take care because your closets are full of troubles. I know you thought I was going to say it, but no, I wasn't going to say that. So be careful. Be very careful. Now, fellowship with others. Now, you're in a building. Now, even if you have a a, a uh, um, again, what's that thing? Zoom or whatever the other platforms are that you can get people together and so forth around the world. How can you guarantee that that person is actually the person you think they are? I guarantee you find more about a person when you actually physically meet them than you talk to them somewhere because you can't see the fruit of their lives because you just know what they're telling you. Or what you think you know on a screen when you talk Zoom or, or anything like that. Oh, um, uh, my son uses it. I used it once, but uh, my son used to use this. Uh, Discord. That was the other one. I was trying to think of all different sites. There's Discord. There's another one that starts with an A, and I can't remember what that one is, too. But anyways, sorry. Let me sidetrack. But how can you be assured that that person is who you think they are? But what about you, Steve? You're right. You're absolutely right. You can say the same thing about me. When I shut the computers off and so forth and, and go back to my regular life, maybe I'm a completely different person. And I can clearly assure you that I'm not, but you don't know that. And that is the beauty of meeting people in person. Now, that doesn't mean go to some mega church or go to the, the, the Catholic street, that's a Catholic street, Catholic church down the road or the Baptist uh, church down the road or the uh, Lutheran church or the evangelical, whatever. Whatever's down the road. That's not what I'm saying either. Fellowship is incredibly important. Physical fellowship is a very important thing as well. Now, I'm not saying you can't talk to people on Zoom and so forth. I'm not saying that either. But I found, and I find, that those folks 
more often than not, not every single one, but more often than not, they're not who you think you they are. And it's sad. It's very sad because people fall for these things. Even I, with all my experience, once in a while, I let a deceiver slip in. But don't let that get you down if it happens to you. Move forward. Because those people will be dealt with quite severely. Not by me. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. So fellowship has always been a tricky thing. And now with all the social media and stuff like that, it's even a bigger issue than it ever was before. So, like I said before, 2 Corinthians, a lot of times used for marriages, but it can be used for the person in that church building sitting right next to you. How do you walk in, sing, uh, let's pick a popular one, Old Rugged Cross or Amazing Grace. A lot of people listening to this probably know those ones. There's a lot, Lily in the Valley, but I'm just picking ones that a lot of people know. Um, so you're sitting there singing with, with, with an unbeliever, so they, maybe they came with somebody and you know, maybe they even stumbled in, but maybe someone forced them to come to that church and like, fine, I'll go. And they're singing the same song that you're singing. They're not even saved. They're not even a believer, but they're mixed in with unbelievers or unequally yoked. So that this verse, 2 Corinthians, I know can be used in marriage, but it can also be used for unequally yoked among, among other people. In Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Question mark. Can they? No, they cannot. I heard a long time ago from a preacher, what I mean a long time ago, probably the last decade, you have ox in the field, you have two. They have to be together. One can't go one way, and one can't go the other way. Think about the dog walkers of recent times. They've like got three or four dogs, and they're all going one direction, but sometimes one wants to go a different direction. It doesn't work. Uh, think about, I hate to use beer commercials, but think about the uh, Clydesdale uh, horses, the Budweiser Clyde. I'm not going to get into that whole thing of a jing. Oh, my goodness, that Bud Light issue. All right, we're talking about Clydesdales, and they're all hooked together. Right? Because they're going the same way. They have the same goal. They have the same thing in mind. They have been trained to do the same thing. This is what they're doing. They can't walk by themselves. They are in agreement of where they have to go. And that is marriage and people who call themselves saved or Christians. But quite often... As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. I came across this. I was looking up some, a couple of verses, uh, and I was, just, I was just talking to a brother, and he had just mentioned this. He paraphrased it. He got it almost right, but it happens to all of us when we paraphrase once in a while. We have to look it up and go, okay, that's what it says. And then I came across this, and I was like, oh, that is interesting. Um, so I wrote it down as, as I was in, anyway, um, but be not deceived, evil commu communications corrupt good manners. What can happen there? Because those unbelievers that you should not be fellowshipping with come in. So now they speak to others, a little here, a little there, nothing major, you know, well, I, 
you know, I, you know, I think, well, maybe, you know, it's just me, but I think it's just interesting how that person such and such, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Did you notice how that person such and such, but you know what? It's probably nothing. And you start, and they, they plant these little seeds of division. They don't look like division at first, but they fester and they grow. And people like that, well, let's be honest, if they don't repent, they're going to be in the lake of fire. And it's just an, a phrase I like to use. It is just that simple. But what does fellowship really mean? It's a state of being together. No numbers are specified. When we talk about the assembling, no numbers are specified. When we talk about the fellowship, no members are specified. You can assemble with four people. That's an assembling. You can have fellowship with one person. That's a fellowship. Man has created the numbers. You have Bible studies out there, online and not online. You have people who don't go to church online and have fellowships. You have church people who don't go to church offline and get together these weird little Bible studies. And they want to grow. They want to get bigger. They want to get bigger. Why? I think that's a bad idea. You grow to the point of outgrowing the purpose. So, Proverbs 13, chapter 20. I apologize. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Or did I already say that? Oh, my goodness. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Fools come into those fellowships. Sometimes they're just babies, baby Christians, young. They don't know. They're unaware of how things really work. They're seeking. And then there's always somebody who think, who wants to give, put themselves up there as a leader. Here's the thing about leaders. If you have to proclaim yourself to be a leader, if you have to put yourself in a position of leadership, if you have to arrange things that make it look like you are the leader of it, you are actually not a leader. The best leaders I've ever read about, the best leaders I've ever known throughout my lifetime are those men who didn't even want the leadership in the beginning in the first place. Those are the ones you trust over the ones who seek. See, there are men who seek to be revered and looked up to. Those are not men you should be following. And those of you in the uh, evangelical Methodists and world out there and Unitarian, I don't say woman because they are not supposed to be in leadership. I will bang that drum until the day I die because it's clear. Anyone who teaches any differently has teaching you a lie. I've had a few people say to me, well, oh, you're one of those guys, huh? Oh, men shouldn't, uh, women shouldn't usurp men's authority in the church. But when they reference that, it's not even what it's talking about at that time. It doesn't say the word church. 
Men are not supposed, uh, women are not supposed to usurp men. There is an order. If you, you cannot change the order when it fits you. Or if a Jezebel whispers into your ear. Be aware and be weary of those women. So like I said before this evening, fellowship is absolutely a tricky thing today. Is he saying tricky? That's a, that's a magic trick word? That's not good. We'll use deception. Fellowship has been used to deceive people. Mostly by pretend philosophers and theologians and those who are actually doctorates when they really shouldn't be doctorates. We talked about doctorates and the origins of doctorates, but anyways, of theology. Fellowship can be two, three people in your home or another place. So those of you who are fellowshipping online, please be, be aware that you're missing the personal fellowship offline. Can you hug that brother? Can you hug that sister? Can you touch their hand and shake it? Can you look them in the eye? I don't mean a Zoom call. Not the same thing. You look at the pixels. Look into their eyes. Can you do that? No. So there's always going to be something to say for the contact of human beings, which is us, the children of God, if you are one, have to have contact. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying you have to meet every Saturday or every Sunday or every Wednesday or every Monday or every Tuesday. That's not what I'm saying. See, that's what gets messed up from the antis to the pros of the Babel buildings, of the church buildings. If you are in a building that is not 501c3 and you've got a handful of people meeting together, I don't have a problem with it. But if you are a 501c3, then I do have a problem with it. If you are unequally yoked with the government, I have a problem with that. Heck, I'm going to tell you right now, I have my own problems of leaving the job I have now, and I should have known better. Be, being kind of yoked to the government by working... In a, in a warehouse facility that actually has uh, chemicals that deal with going to uh, uh, government facilities to make chips. But anyways, uh, but any, so I'll get away from that. But even if you're collecting money from the government as welfare, if you are yoked with the government, you are owned by the government. I know people right now going, I have a government job and I'm not a sinner. I'm a, I, go to, I go to church. I read the King James Bible. But, and I understand that. And it takes a while to understand these things and look at it and go, I shouldn't be where I am. Well, I can't just up and leave. I know that it's hard. I know there's a lot that goes into it. Well, how do you know, Stephen? And here's the thing. How do I know? I was having a conversation with a brother that the problem with preachers and pastors today on the YouTube or on Rumble or in a building and so forth, 
is the fact that the man that you're looking at has never done or seen a thing. Well, they have to do something to be qualified? In some cases, yes. Experience does matter. That's why there are elders in the Bible. Why? They've been around. It's not because they learned something in, within a five-year period and suddenly they're elders. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. I paused, not for drama. I was drinking a sip of water. These preachers and these pastors, they don't do anything. So for my family, myself, we're, we're up and quitting everything we have. We're taking our family, we're selling a house, and we're moving all the way down to Tennessee. And actually, there's a gentleman out there, if you listen tonight, I know that you make comments on my videos. Maybe I'm going to see you one day. You and I will communicate once. I know that we will. I, you've been following me for a long time. I've read everything you've ever wrote, and... Uh, I'm interested in meeting you at some point in time. That being said, that was a little personal interjection on my part to someone out there. But, and again, when I meet that one person, even if it's one time, that is a fellowship with a brother. I didn't have to go to the building. But I'm not going to forsake the assembling either. I'm not going to not go to assembling of a few people because someone might say, hey, what are you doing? Use your brain. Use the wisdom that God has given you and not man. And not the brainwashing and indoctrination of traditions of which you say that you've left behind, but you carry them. See, that's the other thing. There are people who left church buildings and they're anti-Babel buildings. That's fine. But then you hold on to those same traditions of those men and interjected, well, I don't go to church building, but you do the same things. There are men on these channels, and I'm going to get a little flack for this, a little pushback, and uh, I'm not going to mention names, but there are men who collect money, and they don't work, and they collect money because they preach on YouTube. And that astounds me. And I don't know the justifications that they have. Well, there's one particular one. I've never even met. I just watched one of their videos once. Who justified why he should be paid. And ironically, he used the same justification as the pastor in a church building. So how were you different? You left the building, but you followed all the same traditions as the one in the building. And fellowship is also one of those things. You have left the traditions of fellowship. Left it behind and said no we are not going to be like those church building a fellowship but then you neglect the fellowship and there are those who fellowship just to, for the sake of fellowshipping and that actually defeats the whole purpose in the first place There has to be an end at some point to this nonsense. Both sides have got to stop doing this. You're destroying people's lives. You're destroying other Christians' 
faith. You're destroying what they think and what they believe. They leave a building thinking they've been lied to. And by the way, for the record, a lot of it, yeah, they are. And then they leave and go, I have to find it somewhere else. And the fact that they're going and they have a King James Bible, they're right. They're looking for that and they're going to find it. Absolutely a beautiful thing. But then they run into these men who call themselves men, who lead them astray and say, no, we want you to act like just like the JWs and our, is it JWs? Yeah, JWs, you got to shun your family, you shun everyone else, you shun those people, you shun that person. Are they slightly off? Then you ban them, you get rid of them, you walk away. You who say that are sinners. And you need to repent. Both sides, as I said, have got it right, and both sides, as I've said, have got it wrong. There is this ground in the middle. It's not called compromise. It is called the Bible. It is the beautiful unity of Christians and God-fearing people, Bible believers, but there are men who creep in with their own... Um, agendas, their own idea of things, and they want, well, I want to work my way. I'm going to quote these scriptures. If I quote enough scriptures, they'll believe me. If I don't quote enough scriptures, I'll look like I'm an okay, cool guy that I'm not banging on the head. It is so much of how you approach things so you can look a certain way. I knew a man named Reverend Grant years ago. That man knew the Bible inside out. He could quote you everything under the sun. And he could say it with conviction. You would believe this man and you would fall for everything he said. When I say fall, he was correcting his uh, wording of the Bible. He was correcting what he said. He, there was nothing he got wrong in that Bible. He was correct. Unbelievable. But that man's life was an atrocity. His family life was horrible. His kids, his daughters, one not so much so good. The other one, don't know what happened. But there's so much conflict. And that man down the road as he has gone on created behind the scenes destruction in people's families. Not to mind that, I'm a, I, that I know of, so I can't say that, but I know of other families. So, well, Stephen, man, I can never follow any preacher. They can never be any good. I'm not saying that either. But rely more on the word of God than you do on men. Because men will make the book fit what they want it to fit instead of what it says. People say it means what it says. And then they'll take a verse and completely destroy it and say, well, you got it wrong. Because they need to have that control. Do not forsake the fellowship of others. I will say that sentence because you should not forsake the fellowship of others. But I, I implore you and I plead that you find people near you to get together with them. You will learn more about the uh, uh, one who calls themselves a brother or sister if you meet them. I know you might meet someone online you're nowhere near each other. I understand that I, uh, too. I was going to say either. I understand that too. But if you're only going to seek in one town, if you're only going to seek on one internet or one YouTube channel or Rumble, you are not seeking 100%. 
There is a danger to believing fellowship is only in a building, and there's a danger in believing fellowship is only outside of the building. The Bible says the fellowship. Yeah, but Stephen, times have changed. Here we go. Times have changed, but the word of God has not. You know, you're going to move. You're going to go places. You don't have to lose contact with a, with a brother or a sister. You can write a letter. You can call them. You can email them, I guess. But make every effort you can to at least one time, maybe two, maybe three, to meet that person. Because nothing will ever replace the physical contact and the meeting of the person, the brother or sister you're talking to. Nothing can replace that. Now, and again, there may be times where that can't happen. I met someone who was incredibly, we're on the same page. Uh, this brother is amazing, uh, but he lives in Canada, and I live in Texas. And I know there are so few of us out there, true King James, forget the King James. I don't mean forget the King James, but forget that. The true Bible believers who live on every word of God in the King James Bible. There's so few, but they're still out there. And if you're going to hang up your head, I'm sorry, you hang up your hat on the despair of I can't find any, keep looking. I'll be honest, I know right now my physical life, two, two at this moment, King James, Bible-believing, practical living, every word of God, men. Two. Well, Stephen, that's not a lot. I know that. But you don't need a lot. You don't need 50. You don't need 100. You don't need 200. I'm doing a lot of yelling. I hope this, when this, uh, I upload this, it's not going to sound all, you know, staticky or anything like that. I got to fix this uh, microphone. Please understand fellowship. Please understand assembling. Please understand the fact that the state of being together, a coming together, collecting into one place. I'm not trying to sell you on a church building or go there. That's not what I'm doing. Some will think, oh, he's trying to, oh, he's trying to manipulate you and slowly, slowly get you back into that system of church buildings. Stop it. Knock it off. What's the matter? You're afraid that you're being lying to people and you might lose those people? Get out of town. Far too often we don't stick with the King James. We don't stick with the every word of God. We don't stick to these scriptures. And we say, well, you know, I'd rather be lonely 
in the Word of God than have a hundred friends not in the Word of God. Your fellowship may be small, but what is the quality of that fellowship? That's what matters. You're assembling together in one place. It may be small. It may be five, six people. But again, what's the quality? I appreciate you taking your time. If you notice the new background picture I got up there going on, it's, uh, that is the Great Smoky Mountains. That is pretty much where we are moving to. Um, I'm not going to give you the exact town, uh, but uh, yeah, we're heading that direction. Oh, you're going to the Bible Belt. That's why you're too scared to be in Connecticut. No, I'm too cold to be in Connecticut, and just who I am. I'm, I'm not a fan of the cold. Now, with that being said, if God says, too bad, you're staying, well then, I'll stay. With that, please understand fellowship. Please understand assembling. If you're not being indoctrinated by one or the other side, be indoctrinated, if you want to call it that, by every word of God. That's where the truth lies. Not the men who lie. God bless and have a beautiful evening.